Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Church, we get the privilege of hearing from God today. Yes, we get the privilege of actually hearing from God. It's the final Sunday of 2019, and I can't think of a better way to conclude one year and step into a new year than by being right here. We get the chance to hear from God because he is still speaking to us through his word. Through scripture, God is still speaking to all of us. It's amazing. God, creator, inventor, the one who is above all and over all, the one who sent us Jesus. Advent, which is what we just celebrated. That God, the one who is above all, over all, the one who sent us Jesus, is still speaking to us. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to us and he does that through his word. The Bible is amazing. Here at Valley Point Church, we value scripture and that's why just about every Sunday, we open it up and read from it because God is still speaking to us and he has something to say. He really does. With that in mind, I want you to take your Bible or your device and find the Old Testament book of Micah, and then chapter 6, and then verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, hopefully that is familiar to you by now. And we're going to think through some key words in this beautiful verse. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Now, before that... The very first book of the Bible is named Genesis, and in the first chapter, we are introduced to God. And it says this, in the beginning, God, okay, I want you to talk to me, all right? Very first book of the Bible, first chapter, the first words were introduced to God, and it says, in the beginning, God created That's right, he created the heavens and the earth. And if you continue to read in chapter one and into chapter two, we see the creative genius of God on full display for us to enjoy and for us to get a glimpse of what God is like. That's all in Genesis chapter one and two for us. And I would encourage you to read that. The very last book of the Bible is a book called Revelation. The last chapter is chapter 22. In that chapter, we see a new heaven and all of eternity. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When you get to the last book, last chapter, we see a new heaven and all of eternity described for us. In between Revelation 22 and Genesis 1, there's a lot of material for us to read in Scripture. And what we see described there, one of the items we see described there is the church. 
And there's a lot of other things talked about in the Bible, but one of the things we see is the church. And that's us. And this is one of the ways that God is choosing to work to share his message of love with all people, the church. Think about this. Jesus came. That's Advent and what we just celebrated. He lived, he died, he rose again, and that's what we celebrate on Easter. By the way, Easter in 2020 will be on April the 12th, so mark your calendars. That's going to be a fantastic day of celebration here when we think about Jesus being alive. Jesus came, he was born, he lived, he died, he rose again, and then he appeared to his close followers so that they would know he was really alive. And then after a few days of that, Jesus said, (laughs) goodbye, I'm leaving, my work on earth is done, I have accomplished the mission that my father gave to me, so I'm returning to heaven. That's Jesus. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again, he appeared to some people, and then he said goodbye, and he returned to heaven, and then God the Father sent God the Holy Spirit in place of Jesus, to take up residence within believers and to establish the church. Again, that's us. The church is not just a building. It is a body of believers everywhere we go. We are the church. And after Jesus ascended and returned to heaven, he sent God the Holy Spirit. He indwells believers and he helped establish the church. The church is what God is up to now. Us. So be encouraged with that. You can smile on this last Sunday of 2019 because the church is what God is up to now. The church is plan A. It's God's plan A to share the love of Jesus with everybody. And there is no plan B. There's no plan B. Which brings a lot of urgency to what we are doing as a body of believers, how we treat each other, how we serve our communities, and how we serve the world. There's a great urgency to this because the church is God's only plan to share the love of Jesus with others. And along the way in scripture, we are given clues as to what God wants for us in terms of behavior, in terms of our conduct, in terms of how we face the world. All kinds of clues like Micah chapter six, verse eight, which says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We started memorizing this verse as a church in January. So you've had a lot of time to think about this. I know you can all say it without the words on the screen. So let's do it together. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to... 
That's right. Extraordinary words. What does the Lord require of you? Have you ever wondered that? Like, what does God actually want from me? One of the things I love about Scripture is that it is often very clear on what God wants, and we see it in verses like Micah chapter 6, verse 8. God wants us to engage in justice and in mercy and in walking humbly with him. Back in January, we chose this as our church-wide life verse and we committed to memorizing it. I've tried periodically throughout the year to bring it back and say, hey, remember our church-wide life verse? Let's engage in justice and mercy and humility. Let's keep doing that because this is what God requires of us. So let's keep engaging in this. You can see when you walk in the front door and when you exit, there it says, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. And that's what we signed with our verses. We've had such a great time, at least I have, and I hope you feel the same way. We've had a great time thinking about justice and mercy and humility. So I thought it would just be a fantastic thing to do to, on the final Sunday of 2019, go back to our church-wide lifers and just remind us about what the Lord requires and what God wants for us. And so we're going to look at these words, justice and mercy and humility one more time and remind ourselves of what God wants. And we can't forget about this. It's not like it's over once we turn the page and enter into a new year. We need to carry this with us into 2020 as well. So let's review for a little bit, shall we? Take out your talk notes. Please do that. You will notice on your talk notes, there's no big idea for today and there are no blanks for you to fill in and guess what I might be saying. I just have a lot of space there for you to take good notes and I would encourage you to do that and then use your notes throughout the week. Okay, the word justice. Here's what's interesting about this word. God places throughout scripture, a high value on justice. And you can see that in the book of Genesis. And when you turn to the next book, you see it and you just keep seeing it all the way throughout the Old Testament. And it carries over into the New Testament as well. God places a stunningly high value on justice. So much so, it's so important to God that here's what he does. He often introduces himself as the God of the poor, which is very unique in antiquity. The God of the Bible often introduces himself as the God of the poor, the God of the orphan, the God of the widow, the God of those who are marginalized and pushed to the fringes of culture. God often says, I'm with them. I'm with vulnerable groups. And you can define a vulnerable group as a group without economic resources or political power or access to political power. In antiquity, if you didn't have economic resources or if you didn't have political power, you were pretty much a nobody. 
And yet what we find in scripture is that God often identified with those at the bottom. He named himself and said, I am the God of those who are nobodies. It's really quite unique. And here's the significance of that. In other ancient cultures, the gods, small g, always identified with those at the top, not with those at the bottom. The God of the Bible identifies himself as the God of those at the bottom, but in ancient cultures, the gods always identified with those at the top. And if you had economic resources, if you had political power or access to it, that meant the gods liked you. And that's why you had those things. If you lacked resources or political power, that meant the gods didn't like you. But yet the God of the Bible over and over and over again identifies himself with those who are vulnerable. And then he does this. He calls us as believers, as followers to do the same thing. And we see it in phrases like, act justly. Act justly. This is our challenge. Well, what does that look like? If we're to act justly, what does that actually mean? I have three thoughts. Number one, we act justly when we treat everyone as a person created in the image of God. We act justly. We're identifying with those at the bottom and with those at the top and everyone in the middle when we treat everyone as a person created in the image of God. In the church of Jesus Christ, there is no room for racism or hatred or bigotry, or viewing anyone as less than because all people are actually image bearers of God, made in his image, and God loves everybody. And so one of the ways we can act justly is when we treat people as individuals created in the image of God himself. And maybe that just helps us reframe how we see people especially those that we may struggle with in life. I may have an issue with them. We may not get along, but this is an image bearer. This is a person made in the image of God himself. And so justice to them, justice. Number two, we act justly when we help right wrongs, whatever that may be. We're acting in a just way and imitating the character of God whenever we right wrongs. And thirdly, we act justly when we are generous, especially toward the poor and the vulnerable. This kind of life reflects the character of God. Acting justly. When we treat everyone as a person created in the image of God, when we right wrongs of any kind, and when we are generous with our resources, with who we are as individuals, and with our time, especially toward the poor and the vulnerable, this reflects the character of God himself, and we should imitate this. 
Let me ask you this. Do you want to imitate God in your behavior and in your responses? Is that a desire or a goal? I would submit to you that if you have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, if you have embraced his leadership and forgiveness, it should be your goal to imitate the character of God. Well, one of the ways we can do that is by acting justly. And that's why it's so important for us to review this. So let's just remember, we can act in a just way when we remember that all people are image bearers. Everyone matters to God. And even though they may annoy us and bother us, they're still an image bearer. And so justice, we act in a just way whenever we right a wrong. And we act in a just way when we are generous, especially toward the poor and the vulnerable. Okay, loving mercy. What is that? Well, mercy can be described as loyal love or loving kindness. And one of the things that God expects of those who follow him is that they are loving to other people. They are compassionate. They are filled with mercy, loyal love or loving kindness. And the challenge we find in Micah chapter 6 verse 8 is to love loving others. On the inside, love, loving others. I read a book recently by author Timothy Keller, and he's a theologian and a pastor in New York City, and he has written a lot that is just fantastic. This book is called The Prodigal Prophet, and it's the story of Jonah. And he refers to the mystery of God's mercy and how Jonah wrestled with this. And if you know anything about the Old Testament story of Jonah, there is a mercy component there, and Jonah struggled with that. He knew God was merciful. That kind of bothered him. Well, in this book, he talks about loving, loving others and being a person who extends mercy. And Keller states it this way, If your compassion, if your mercy is going to resemble God's, oh my, that's a great goal, by the way, that my mercy and my compassion would resemble God's mercy and compassion. That should be a goal for us. So if your compassion and mercy is going to resemble God's, you must abandon a cozy world of self-protection. God's compassion meant he could not stay perched above the circle of the earth and simply feel bad for us. He came down. Advent. He took on human nature. He literally stepped into our shoes and into our condition and our problems and walked with us. If you have a friend who's going through a really hard time, don't be too busy to spend time with them. Walk with them through this suffering. Of course, you're going to weep. It's going to hurt, but that's what God did for you. Loving that type of activity, that's what Timothy Keller encourages. And I believe that's the heart of Micah chapter 6, verse 8, when it tells us, to love 
loving others. Not an easy thing to do, but yet this is what God has done for us. And now this is what he requires of those who follow him. Loyal love, loving kindness, love mercy, love it. Love loving others, as difficult as it may be. Okay, what about walk humbly? Well, this is a description of our heart's attitude toward God. Do we approach God with humility? Do we? Or do we occasionally approach him with a sense of pride? Like, here's what I have to offer. Here's what I have to give. And I bet God will be really impressed with this. Walking humbly describes a heart attitude, and God always wants us to approach him with humility. Now, notice this. The response of a godly heart. So think about this for a moment. Have you ever wondered, is is my heart godly? Am I pointed in his direction? Am I doing what God wants? Well, here's the response of a godly heart. It is outward, act justly. It's inward, love mercy, love loving others. And it's upward, walk humbly with your God. That's the sign of a godly heart. And whenever you see these things happening in your life, you should celebrate and get low before God and thank him for choosing to use you. The sign of a godly heart. It's outward, do justice. It's inward, love loving others. Love loving kindness, love mercy. And it's upward, walk in humility. Justice and mercy and humility I thought this would be a great way for us to conclude the last Sunday of 2019 and think about what God has in store for us for a new year to come back to this theme, our life verse of justice, others, mercy, loving, loving others, and humbly walking with God. And may God give us passion and strength and courage as individuals and as families and certainly as a faith community to keep acting with justice and to keep loving mercy and to keep walking humbly with God. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you with how I see this happening here at Valley Point Church. I could give you story after story after story, and I see it in the faces of so many of you here right now of justice and mercy and humility. I could talk for a long time about how the posture of Valley Point is seeking to do this in imperfect ways, but we're seeking to do it. I could talk a lot, but instead I'd rather show you pictures of what justice and mercy and humility looks like when we act. So let's watch this.
sorting clothes. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 appears. It's great. Can, can we thank God for that kind of activity? Beautiful. We had a record crowd come out for our last love day, and we went to five different organizations to go serve and love. And I really believe this is a beautiful picture of justice and mercy and humility. And if you missed that love day, we have one every month. We have another one coming on Sunday, January the 19th. That's going to be a collecting love day. We try to make that one really simple. Okay, you're coming to church on that day, hopefully. We just want you to bring a few things with you and listen for those announcements. We gather all of those items you bring in the lobby, and then we take care of the delivery to someone or to an organization in our community that has a need. And so that's coming in just a few weeks. We have another Saturday Serving Love Day on February the 15th, where we give up a few hours of our day. And we inconvenience ourselves and go out and clean, repair, restore, sort, whatever it is that they need from us. Sing carols at a nursing home. It's right after Valentine's Day. So enjoy your Friday night, whatever that may look like, and then be prepared on Saturday the 15th too. And, and here's the deal with this. It's not, it's not just about doing stuff as a church because everybody's really busy. It's not like you need more stuff to do. Nobody wants that. But this is about engaging in doing the things that God requires of us, like justice and mercy and humbly walking with God outward, inward, and upward. So that's why we encourage this kind of activity. Let me give you one other way that I see this being lived out at Valley Point. It's with our Christmas offering initiative. We didn't have the opportunity to print for you an update on that in our talk notes for today because we printed those earlier in the week. But I want to let you know, we are past the 55,000 mark, which means we're more than halfway towards our goal. Can we thank God for that as well? That's fantastic. And I'm grateful for your generosity. It is a demonstration of acting justly when we're generous especially toward the poor and the vulnerable and every organization we give that to is on the front lines of serving the poor and the vulnerable. So I believe we're making God very happy with these kinds of activities. Go church. Great job. Let's keep at it. All right. Let me talk to you about the first Sunday of 2020. It's a new decade. How about that? Hopefully that's not new information for you. We begin a new decade next Sunday, and we're going to have a great time because we're launching what has become a tradition now at Valley Point Church, and that is Life Verse. If you've been here at Valley Point, you know what this is, and you know what it means. We challenge everybody to find a verse or two from Scripture that is meaningful and memorable, that speaks to you. And then use that throughout the year to anchor your soul and to provide a centering moment when we lose our way or when something happens that we weren't prepared for. We go back to this life verse that we chose in January. It's a lot of fun. And if you've walked through this, here it comes. We start next Sunday. If you were not here last January and you're new to Valley Point, welcome to something 
that I believe is very special. And I would encourage you, as I would encourage even those of you who have been part of this in the past, do not miss a Sunday in January because this has the potential to give you your best year. And I'm not just saying that to lift this up like you got to be here. I sincerely mean that. And I can look out on the faces of individuals who in the past have chosen a life verse. And at some point throughout the year, they desperately needed that to survive. And it gave them their best year because they had that anchoring point. And I could parade person after person who has that kind of story. Life verse is that impactful. You do not want to miss it. Please be here. We're going to have a lot of fun, and I'll explain it all, and we'll guide everybody through the process of finding a verse that you can claim as your own. It's going to be a lot of fun, so that all starts next Sunday. One of the things I did last year for the first time is we chose a church-wide life verse. We encourage everybody to pick one on your own that kind of jumps off the page and into your heart, and that's your verse. We also chose a verse for our church, and that was Micah chapter 6, verse 8. So fun. So fun. We put that out front. That's what we signed. Justice, mercy, humility. This has been a theme for us throughout the year, and I hope you have enjoyed coming back to this to just remind us of what God has called us to do. I want to let you know, I have chosen another life verse for 2020. And I'm very excited to share it with you next Sunday. It is going to provide a focus for us again. And we're going to keep coming back to that verse to center us throughout 2020. So please be here next week. You're going to have to memorize it again. And I will tell you, it's a little bit longer than Micah 6.8. Don't let that disappoint you. I think you can handle it. It's a great verse. And I'll give you this insight. It's going to help us think about the one, the one, and that will be a theme for us in 2020, the one. I believe God has given to all of us one person, at least, maybe more. We want to think about one, though. Who's the one person that you would love to see them join you right here at Valley Point? Who's the one person who could benefit from your justice and mercy and humility? Who's that one person where you live, work, and play that needs Jesus? Who's the one? Our verse for 2020 is going to keep coming back to this theme and challenging us about the one, and we'll begin that next Sunday. Now, we're going to step into a ritual, a tradition that we do periodically here at Valley Point Church. It's called communion, the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, the Eucharist, where we give thanks for the sacrifice of Jesus. This is a tradition that dates back to the time of Jesus. And here's actually what we read about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. 
On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. I think a great way to conclude 2019 is just taking some time to reflect and to think about this tradition, this ritual. By the way, I read this past week, that ritual, when performed with full understanding, helps us to anchor our identity. And so that's why we walk through this. It's a tradition, it's a ritual, and that's not a bad thing. It helps to anchor our identity, and we want to anchor that in Jesus Christ himself, and communion gives us that opportunity. We have these elements, the bread, it's a picture of Christ's broken body for us, for us. And a cup of juice, a picture of Christ's shed blood for us. For us. And I want us to think and to gain perspective as we conclude this year and give gratitude to God for the amazing gift of Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you on this final Sunday. We are so grateful for what we have been celebrating, the arrival of Jesus, and he came with a purpose. His purpose was to give his life, to give his life for all. In the process of that, the church was established. You call us to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly, and we're reminded of this and we're reminded of Jesus himself who came and lived and died for each and every one of us. So God, as we remember Jesus now, help us just to push out of our minds the activities of today and celebrating a new year in a few days, all of that stuff. Help us just to push that out and to give thanks to you. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. I want you to use this time to just give thanks to God for the gift of Jesus and his broken body and his shed blood for you. Personalize it. All of this was for you. So thank God for the gift of Jesus. It's him we remember. Thank God for that gift.
Father, we thank you for this time. And we give thanks to you for the gift of Jesus. It's him we remember, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.